Welcome to the Mavens Do It Better podcast. And now, your host, Heather Newman. Hello, everybody. We are here for another episode of Mavens Do It Better. And I am on today, so excited. I'm on with Mr. Jesse Case, who is also the man who created our theme music that you hear um, before our podcast. So, Jesse, you want to say hi to everybody? Hi, everybody. (laughs) Awesome. So, Jesse, are you, where are you today in the world? Right now, I am in beautiful Alhambra, Illinois, population 678. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well... I know, let's see, as of, let's see, as of four months ago, it went from 678 to 681. Oh, wow. 682 if you count my, if you count my dog. Oh, okay, fantastic. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm at home in Marina Del Rey today, anyway, so, uh, that's a little further afoot, but that's awesome. So, um, I know a bunch about you, but, you know, Jesse and I don't know each other that well, but we have some mutual friends, um, so, uh, uh, Mary Jane Gibson, and Mike Glazer have a really cool podcast called Weed and Grub, and I love their music. And I was like, who did that? And so we connected um, through that. And so it's been fun getting to know him, and, and he's got this really cool background. And so you work at Second City. Will you tell everybody about that? I do. Yeah, I do. So I started working at Second City about 10 years ago uh, We had as a music director, okay. um, which is sort of a – it's a, not a – not a good title for what we do because and part of the reason for that is that there's no there's no other job like it so they were just like oh what's the closest thing that we have to call this position Mm -hmm. it is partially music director uh so you're at the piano and you are playing the music um but in addition to that you're doing a lot of writing you're doing a lot of sound design uh, you're just doing a lot of kind of material creation that would normally not be incumbent on a musical director of, say, uh, uh, a movie or a Broadway musical. Right. It's a whole different job in and of itself, and it's very niche, very weird. A lot of writing, like I said, a lot of improvising, uh, a whole lot of behind-the-scenes audio production work, both in music and in sound design. And it's, uh, yeah, it's an, it's an awesome job, and I love it. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing it there for about 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and so, and just so, I'm, I, most people know what Second City is, but I I grew up in the Midwest and went to high school in Wheaton, and I think we've talked a little bit about that. So I'm, I'm, very, I'm very familiar with Second City. And will you tell everybody just so if they don't know what Second City is? Yes, and thank you for asking that, because we definitely have, <laughs> we, and we run into this too. I do a lot of, um, the majority of my work these days with Second City is with our uh, B2B corporate division, Second City Works. Um, and we are constantly reminding ourselves that, you know, even because we are so entrenched in kind of the, the artistic and comedy community, we forget that occasionally people are like, oh, <laughs> what? what? Right. Circuit City? I thought they closed. So that's a, a no, we too. <laughs> so yeah, Second City is a comedy theater. We were founded in Chicago in 1959. And uh, we have a who's who of famous alum that have come through and made original content and improvised for our two stages in uh, that are both in Chicago. And then additionally, we've since expanded to uh, Toronto, where we uh, are making original material in Hollywood, where we have a training center. Uh, there's touring companies, there's Second City Works, which is B2B arm. There's a 
teenage training center. We have we just started a film school. Wow, which is crazy. Okay. Yeah, and then um, and all sorts of we do a lot of theatrical uh, productions as well. We partner with uh, with I mean quite a few people. Uh, sh- a lot of Chicago institutions like Lear Copper Chicago. We do a show with the Goodman every year. Um, we work with. Uh, we just did a show with Chicago Symphony Orchestra. Every year we go out and we do a show with Woolly Mammoth and. Washington D.C. We do work at the Kennedy Center. We um, we partner with a company in Japan that does um, that does a, a comedy and a, the whole the way that comedy and comedy entertainment works out there is much different is a quite a bit of a different structure. But sure. we work with a company called Morimoto out there. We work with a cruise ship company uh, wow. out of Shanghai. <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I, like, I had no idea that the expansiveness of the programming—that's amazing. It's crazy, yeah. And it's—I um, think what we found too, you know, and this is a lot of it is uh, as we've said, the Second City Works part started about twenty years ago, um, and that was really kind of an eye opener for us. We realized that at the training center. Uh, people, a lot of people were coming. In fact, most of the people were there, like not because they wanted to get SNL or because they wanted to do one of our stages, but they just like enjoyed improv for the sake of improv. Right. And that was the wake up call in realizing. Not for me, I wasn't there. Hell, I was, you know, I was in middle school. But for whoever was working there <laughs> at the time, realizing that yeah, like this is uh, the uh, applicability of what we're teaching and the fundamentals behind it are. Um, it is universal. Yeah. Like we can, you can, it, it, this, I, you know, it, it, it makes lives better, really. And like, I mean, I, yeah. you know, I sound like a, sound like a hack when I say that. And I am, I'm a, I am a hack. But You're a good hack, <laughs> do, though. As far as, <laughs> right, exactly. As far <laughs> as the, uh, as far as the core importance of the stuff we teach and the philosophies we espouse, I've, I've drank the Kool Aid 100%. Sure. I mean, I think it's it's about it's a life hack, right? In the best sense of the word, in that you know, empathy and being able to think on your feet and be in front of people. You know, it's like it's like what's like Toastmasters has been around forever, and you know, it's just I'm a theater geek, you know, dork myself. I came up in the theater, so I absolutely believe in all of that stuff. And it's just it's cool to see that something that started off as just you know maybe that improv class more for artists. You know, I've I've seen that like expansion into corporate and how to you know uh, bring that into schools and all of that. So that's so cool. I thank you for sharing all of that because I had no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, no doubt. I know it's we're yeah we're we're everywhere, man. And it's 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 constantly fascinating work because of that. You know, like we're having um, a lot of the work we do with clients, for example, um, particularly in the areas of like uh, ideation, mm-hmm. things like that. And then also you know just sort of when you're coming up with like. You know, for example, oh, here's a company that does, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, insert like, insert like top line corporate thing here. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, we're, we have a new strategy this year involving synergy. Can you write a funny song about it? Right. Like, <laughs> in yeah. order to do that, you have to, the conversation that you have to have, and the the thought process that goes into writing a song about something like that uh, it involves a lot of interesting conversation and a lot of interesting. Uh, digging deeper, yeah, as it were. Absolutely. Oh, that's super cool. And so, so you, where did you come up from? I came from. Uh, I was. I, I grew up in Colorado in Boulder, okay. and I uh, uh, went to all, through, birth through college. I was at the University of Colorado, where I actually studied theater. 
Uh, although I'd been playing piano since I was very, very young. Right. And moving to Chicago after college, relatively quickly found out that uh, what I do was a job to begin with mm. and realized that it's like, oh my God, this music, both of the things that I'm interested in, the, the theater and the music, this is a very sort of... Uh, applicable blend for me yeah uh, match made in heaven yeah took, <laughs> took on a internship and then got it then went and did a an ensemble aboard a cruise ship and never looked back oh wow that's super cool and how many so are you um you're a pianist but are do you play a bunch of other things as well yeah not a, <laughs> i mean like yes i i do but i wouldn't i wouldn't audition with them <laughs> fair enough okay you can do, you know, like, yeah, I play guitar like your friend's dad plays guitar. Uh-huh. Where it's like, he's, he's got it out of the campfire again. Oh, good. Right. Fair enough. Oh, that's that's hilarious. And and I know, you know, when we when we first started talking, I don't know, a few months ago, you were telling me about uh, a studio. Do you want to tell everybody? Like, I mean, having that become real and, and all of the things around that, that's super interesting. So did we tell everybody about that a little bit? Sure. Well, yeah, the reason I bet the, there, there's been a hanging question in the air, I imagine, which is like, what is this dude doing in Alhambra, Illinois? Yes. seventy-eight <laughs> or 81, depending on when you ask. And the reason is that we, um, we moved Alhambra is about uh, four hours south of Chicago. So I commute up fairly regularly. Okay. And my job involved a lot of travel anyway. Uh, and primarily the reasoning moving down here specifically was uh, my wife and I just had a baby about a year and a half ago and having a baby with no family around is a tall order yes. so this is where my this is the area where uh, my wife is from sure um, it's about 40 minutes north of St. Louis okay uh, and um, yeah and part of the reason for buying way out was to get a bunch of land and part of the reason for getting a bunch of land was to have a barn on the land and part of the reason for having a barn on the land was to convert the barn into a music studio. Let's put uh, up a show. Is, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty. You're right, exactly. So we have that. We have a beautiful house now with a with five acres that's surrounded by wow. what seems to be a, a thousand acres. That's, I don't actually. So here's what I realized about myself is I don't know what an acre is. <laughs> like I mean, I know literally the. <laughs> this is how much of a city boy I am. I know that an acre is a thing. Right. I can't physically in my brain imagine an acre. Like, I can imagine <laughs> 50 feet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I can estimate that. I am, I cannot estimate distance. So, but, this could, you know, so I'm surrounded by what appears to be 100 million acres. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that my specific land is five acres because that's what they told me and it's on the lease. Right. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And out, out back is a 50 by 70. There you go, 50 feet. A 50 by 70 foot <laughs> uh, pole barn machine shed that we just laid down concrete in yesterday as a matter of fact is wow. the basis for the control room in the rear of the music studio uh which i will use both as its sort of own separate business and then also kind of just to uh is an ancillary benefit to the type of production work that i do both for second city and independently namely podcast and theme music yeah absolutely well and that makes sense i mean if it's if you're four hours away from the city and you need to do stuff having your own studio out in the yeah i mean that completely makes sense oh my goodness when do you think you're going to be uh ready to i mean I, i'm sure you work at home anyway but like wh when do you think it's going to be ready to rock it out from there or when you're having people come in and stuff you're gonna have a big old launch yeah uh, i don't think so i think so it's 
this has been interesting. This is this this whole basically what I'm doing is on the surface a really bad idea, <laughs> and the reason it's a really <laughs> and the reason it's a really bad idea is because the entire model of how you record music is changing very very rapidly, and it's changing because the val the the quality of recording that any random Joe can get in their basement mm. of their house is going up exponentially and the cost of doing so is going down exponentially. Right. So the, the reasoning why somebody, a musician or anybody else who might 10 years ago have gone to a studio mm. uh, is no longer a reason, you right. know, where you like a lot of the stuff that you can do, uh, at home, you can. There is stuff that a studio would normally do. Right. So it's a, it's a, it's a rapidly changing business to say the least. Mm -hmm. So my, I personally use this. Like I have two advantages. One is that I I have enough personal use for a studio. Right. That it sort of it's it makes sense for me to do some type of expansion and you know like mm -hmm. locate myself in in better digs just yep. intrinsically mm -hmm. and then uh b i have like a i have another job which is working for second city so i can effectively subsidize the studio as the model grows um so th what this has allowed me to do is kind of explore the business as i build it which has been really interesting yeah. and uh yeah and also sort of horrifying because the more you explore the studio business in particular <laughs> the more you realize hey like nobody's building Nobody's building studios anymore. Right. And little studios that do exist are on, like, they're all on fire sale mode. They're all like, please, please, please come record here. We'll give you, you know, half off or whatever. You right. know, I don't know. The, yeah, it's an interesting, it's, it, it's an interesting business to be a part of, and it's an interesting thing to be doing at this particular moment in yeah. musical history. So, yeah. which is all a very long way to answer the question. Mm -hmm. I. It, it, I don't think I'm going to do like a full on opening mm -hmm. because I think that the physical location of the studio is subsequent to the studio as a brand right. and subsequent to the studio as a, as an online location, a digital location. Gotcha. Can you share the name of the studio with everybody? I would if I had it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of thoughts. So, okay, so I will say I was really, really down with Al Alhambra Audio. Alhambra, of course, being the name of the town that we're in. Yep. And for those of you who don't live in the immediate area of Alhambra, you may think of the Alhambra. Yes. The Alhambra, of course, being a beautiful red castle in Granada. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, right? That's, you know, that's uh, hundreds of years old and, sure. you know, unt untold acres large. Right. I don't know. Don't ask me. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and that's, of course, that was my image. So, like, the right. imagery that the word Alhambra conjures up to me is, yes. is of that and is really, really cool to associate with a brand in a studio. Yeah. If you live around here, if you live in the immediate area and certain parts of St. Louis, Alhambra means something completely different. <laughs> and it's – Alhambra is the small town, small town. Okay. Alhambra is the small town that small town people go, hey, that's a – that's a pretty small town, and they make fun of it for being a, a, such a small town. Right. Well, you could paint the barn red, right? <laughs> That's true. I don't know if it would. I don't know if it would overcome 
years of bad branding by the area. But, you know, like, yeah, Red Panda Dope. It's interesting, you know, this is part of a whole area. Like, you think of, what's the one that everybody knows? Cairo mm -hmm. is one. Mm -hmm. Where, like, uh, what there's a Lebanon here, except you pronounce it Lebanon. Okay. It's about 20 minutes away from here. There's this sure. whole, like, triangle in this, uh, in this immediate vicinity where they just decided to take a bunch of, like, European and Middle Eastern names and m mispronounce them. Yeah. And make them, and that's the name of the town now. It's, and it's a fascinating thing to me. Yeah. Like, both how just like why anyone would do that but also then like the subsequent psychological effect of the name mm -hmm. like these people have a completely different reference point for the word cairo yeah sure you know like oh, yeah. than everybody else i don't know it's just an interesting yeah like fair enough it's interesting how like you can change the, the watching the context of the thing change oh yeah well i was podcasting yesterday with a buddy and he was like talking about going to harlem and uh, you know, going to eat there and how he was kind of like known as the American there. And I knew what he was talking about because I know his life and I knew that he was talking about Harlem in the Netherlands, not Harlem in New York City. And I made sure to clar clarify that because those are very different places, although the, they share a name for a reason, you know, like New Amsterdam, New York, all that stuff. But it was very funny. I was like, uh, everybody, uh, we're talking about Harlem in, in the Netherlands. Right, got to clarify, we're talking about Harlem. Yeah, I never would have known. And then the whole, like, it's interesting because then the whole context the entire conversation changes yeah. because of the name of the word and, yeah. the, you know, the, or the feeling of the word, rather. Completely. Yeah. No, it's it's funny like that. So, you know, I, I think, God, it's so cool. It, it's so, That's really exciting. And I, I was thinking about you and, you know, when working with you, you know, building the music and stuff, which was really fun. And it was also, it was one of those where I was like, oh, my God, he he's, I'm like, he, like, we're sort of chasing each other because both of us travel a lot and, you know, busy. And we nailed it and got it done, which was awesome. But it was really fun to do that with you and come up with and is that is, is that sort of the process of like well I you know I said I kind of I love the song baby I'm a star I like funk I like you know some nice bass and all of that and and then you know you and I going back and forth with each other is that sort of like I that must be from that like I love riffing on that kind of thing with my you know my technical clients and even my artist clients and too too like I don't know what what jazzes you about that the most you know like and how oh, I that... love it. well first of all like I, I I bet you thought you were being like big yeah <laughs> <laughs> and I like and no you're like the fact that you were able to articulate that you liked bass mm -hmm. you know what I mean yeah that that puts you above ninety percent of people who like talk about music. <laughs> And it's interesting because, <laughs> well, you know, like you, music is one of those things people know they like it, yeah. but they don't know why they like it. Right. You know, sure. oh, I love I loved this song, but if you really unpack, like, the specific element mm -hmm. of why you like that song, and then also, of course, like the specific cultural context and the specific personal context of that song for sure. you, right. it, it becomes this entire thing. So it's, it, it's interesting to make it. Mm -hmm. uh for somebody, you know, like, make it to order, as it were, because yeah. you really have to, you have to learn, you have to learn how to listen to people. Right. Uh, the improv background, the improv background helps with that, obviously. But yeah, you have, you really have to, uh, you have to understand when, when somebody means they like, oh, I want, I want this a little louder. Oh, like no, no, you don't. You want it more exciting, or you want it more, uh, you yeah. want more, and then okay, how do I excite this? Maybe I'll. 
add symbols, you know what I mean? But nobody would have the language to articulate. Like, this needs more symbols, or this, you know, this, right. this needs to, the tempo needs to slow down. Yeah. You know, like, all of these, all of these technical changes, these small minutiae of mm -hmm. actual details of the composition of the song have yeah. direct emotional consequences to the people listening, but the, right. it gets completely lost in translation. Yeah. So, it's fun, <laughs> you know, translating translating that is a fun challenge. Sure, and that's, I mean, that obviously is what you do really well. It's like, let me introduce the hi-hat, you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, you sort of figure out how to, like, what they mean when they say... Uh, we'll say this thing or that thing, you yeah. know, it's, um, uh, yeah, it's, it, it, I, a lot of people I feel like deal with that in their own way though. Sure. You know, like yeah. you're all, you understand what you do really well, mm -hmm. but your, you know, your client, for example, doesn't. Right. And you have to learn how to, you know, how to listen to what they mean, listen, you know, yeah. and not to what they, what they say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, funnily, like, the my friend Matthew, we were talking about you know clients, where it's like clients don't necessarily know how to be clients, you know we like you you have to extrapolate you have to sort of get into the minutia, really truly helping them get to what they want because a lot of the times you know they say they want one thing but then there's like this goal of like but I really want to be a you know like I have to check a box or I want to be a rock star or this or that or the other thing and you're like wait a minute, you just asked me to write a blog, you know? And <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so I think that that transverses any industry or anything you're doing, you know what I mean? It's just, you happen to be doing it in music. I happen to be doing it in technical marketing for a lot of the time, you know? So, but it's sort of same, same, I guess, but yeah. Um, 100%. Well, and it's more importantly, you know, the skills that are required to do it well are the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, and so for you, like, where do you go for inspiration or just to take, I mean, it, it seems like you're probably inundated with that all the time, but like, do you actually like unplug and go, I don't want to listen to any music right now. I don't want to talk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you, are you like, are you a golfer or, you know, do you do anything like that? That's right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, people tend to be surprised at how little music I listen to, mm. which is, like it's it's interesting. Like we have one of the um, a well-regarded director in Chicago named Nick Napier mm -hmm. is is known in the comedy circle for never watching any comedy. Oh, okay. Or you know very very vocally not liking it, which I can <laughs> fully appreciate because like when you're inundated with it all day, right? It sort of is hard to like. Uh, so I it's it's yeah it's hard to like take it in. You need a, like a you need a break from it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, yeah it, it's interesting, and also part of that is just straight up like I have a I have a one and a half year old. Right, and, you have a big and, like, distraction, another, and another <laughs> one on the way, and like you just don't have time. Oh my goodness! You congratulations! Like... <laughs> Yay! Okay. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. due in April. Well, we're really excited. We have this whole like huge country house now. We got to start. Yeah, doing it with it children. That's you know <laughs> the American way for Christ's sake. <laughs> Um, yeah, I love but it. it's just like so. Yeah, functionally, it's a matter of time, like it, it, matter of time. But then also, just like you need to get out. What's let, let me think here. Um, there's a quote that I like, um, or maybe it's not even a quote, but it's advice, and I don't know who it's from or how it goes. Uh. So apologies <laughs> for the massive <laughs> paraphrase here. The the sentiment of which is something along the lines of: If you want to be a really good artist, you have to find a thing that that's not your art right. just, it might be Hemingway actually now that I think about it you know mm. because of course he was 
at the, you know he was hunting and yeah, off yeah, traveling yeah, yeah. and right. you know like you know drink, drinking in Europe more than he was writing right and as a result his writing was really good you know because or like yeah. Charles Bukowski played the track is another one you gotta have the thing that you're like right the, your your hobby you know you gotta have a thing that keeps you from doing that right and I like I I I don't quite have it and I've always sort of struggled with getting one hmm. like. When I and I know intrinsically that I could use one because I definitely like get my head really far up my own ass when it comes to making making music all the time. Sure. And like not really having having space from it. Mm-hmm. But I I think I think what it might be since moving out here is lawn care. Lawn care. Like, <laughs> well, I have I I'm just, after living in a condo and then and before that another condo and before right. that an apartment and before sure. that, you know, a house with. Uh, a bunch of college students right my entire adult life right like, i have i've never really had like land mm-hmm. but and then suddenly now i have like five acres all of which is theoretically mowable right oh my goodness so like yeah so i bought a riding mower and i gotta say just like the sheer act of like of knocking that thing down and yep. trimming up the hedge mm-hmm. and like and watering the garden and all this kind of like you know the, physical stuff you yeah, know like sure. is has been very satisfying so i think i might i think i might have found like my years in my drinking in my, my drinking in europe <laughs> mowing in a humbra <laughs> <laughs> mowing my lawn right exactly well it's interesting too like you know you run an what we find in when we're going in uh as as second city to a corporate environment mm-hmm. is that the a main challenge that people run into especially when they call us in is that people are treating their jobs as just jobs yeah. and in order to establish like a you know kind of a healthy yeah culture sure. you want you want to establish you want to maintain and establish some emotional buy-in yep. with your company yeah. you know what i mean like For obviously sure work-life balance is important too and there's certainly people who you know like are, are work too much whether they like it or whether they're forced to or what you know right but i think in terms of that here like emotional buy-in to the job that you're doing and the company you're doing it for right that seems to be like kind of a pain point when it comes to the type of problems we're called in to solve sure art artists have the exact opposite problem which is they become their job like, oh, I am an actor or I am a musician. Right. And you have no separation. So when it comes time to do like what I'm doing, for example, which is build a business or build a brand, it's, it, you're too close. Right. It's too hard to do precisely because you're too, you're too emotionally caught up and the stakes become too high. You become afraid to fail and you become afraid to really put yourself out there in the way you need to and you become a, like you become afraid or in my case like unwilling to to take a a proper mental break and go do something else right and it it, yeah it so it's interesting in our work when second city and and corporations collide because we're coming at the same problem from opposite ends of from opposite extremities right oh that's that's interesting yeah no i think and i think the world seems to be Mm, you know there's so much content there's everybody's a writer everybody's a life coach 
everybody's, you know, got five things you should do in the morning to make it awesome or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like you can't, well, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the, then that's not the, a bad thing. But I do think that sort of like empathetically driven and culturally diverse and all of belonging and all of those things. So, something that I speak a lot about in the tech community, like I think that's everything and everyone. And I, I love it that Second City is, you know, has that programming. You know, and that you are you, that people are that corporations are are going. We need you. You know what I mean? Because I think that yeah, people do. You know, you're like I. It's like that what that Dunkin' Donuts commercial from forever ago. You know, it's like the dude gets up and he's like, "Time to make the donuts," and then he like goes to work and goes back to sleep, then says it again and again. And it's like you don't want that to be your life. You know, and right? Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah, you have to. Have yeah. like a you know drive. that's the the prevalence of like mission statements and things yeah. like that things yeah. to sort of create uh, an at large yeah. emotional context that yeah. helps people get on board with yeah. whatever you that's know awesome. whatever you're manufacturing or doing totally. for other people and that kind of thing. Well, and maybe to wrap up, do you have um, any words of wisdom for other folks who are looking to kind of do what you do and get into the world that you're in? Things to think about. Uh. Keep at it. <laughs> no, <Nope>. hold on. <laughs> that's good, but that's see, that's the thing is like that's you know just like every bit of not every bit, but a large majority of the advice that I have received and unfortunately have doled out to people is often just like, hey man, just keep on keep on plugging away. Good luck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's something to so I believe in the idea of making your own luck. Mm. I believe that that's something that happens. Uh, that's a very real thing uh, that happens to people. When you get lucky, it's because you made it happen for yourself. And especially in my line of work where, you know, you are often at the behest of other people asking you to work. Right. You have to, being lucky is very important. Uh, Yeah. You know, and what what luck boils down to is being at the right place at the right time. That's if there's a definition of luck, that's yep. what it is. Someone who is able to be at the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. So in that, I think there's a there's a little bit of a life hack, which is both of those things are to a certain extent within your control. You can you can figure out where the right place is for you. Mm-hmm. In my case, apparently it's Alhambra. We're gonna see. <laughs> <laughs> and, I love uh, it. it and then and and as far as being in being there at the right time the trick is just to do it as much as possible right. be doing it all the time mm-hmm. and you it partially cracked the code as it were yeah i think it's also it's like i yeah I, I completely agree with you i think sometimes it's about showing up you know and and sort of being at that right place in the right time or making a decision to even if you don't feel like it to go to that networking thing or the, you know, somebody invites you to something and, you know, and always be networking, always be, I mean, people are like that, you know, hustle hard, you know, that whole sort of hashtag and stuff, but uh, that's true. You know, it is about the hustle and about being there and just doing, doing what you love over and over and over and over again. Right. Like Olympic swimmers become Olympic by what swimming. <laughs> you know what I mean? just, a lot. Yeah, just swimming a whole bunch. <laughs> just only swim, and you'll go to the Olympics. <laughs> well, all right. There's more <laughs> no, to I it did, than that, but you know what I mean. Something to that. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, one of the ways that, like, uh, I think improv 
his magic, which is what I said earlier. Yeah. And when I, every I should say every time I say that Second City writes me a check for fifteen dollars. Nice. So like yeah, so thank you for this for <laughs> opportunity for personal enrichment. <laughs> no, I think, but I do like um, improvisers uh, often call themselves professional listeners, mm. which I think is you know speaking of Hackwell. Right. But I but I think it's I think it's true in that the best improvisers are always always the best listeners. Right. And that no especially for me I'm next often next to the stage improvising underscoring. Right. And that is, you know, that's a listening exercise all in itself. And one of the things I've noticed is that at events that I don't necessarily want to be at, but do have to be at for personal enrichment, not gigs, of course, but, you know, like, um, it, it, things that are more, uh, things that I'm doing, you know, for more personal enrichment, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, the way that I get things out, get, get something out of that particular event or that particular, you know, personal interaction or whatever is by adding value to it. And, you know, they talk about in social media marketing, like if you want to, the way to get followers is to add value. Yep. Like you don't want to just be up there like promoting your next show or whatever. You want to be like mm-hmm. uh, either making them laugh, is, you know, which is a lot of like a lot of the, com- the comedians that I work with. That's their primary model for getting followers or, you know, or like retweeting interesting people or adding in a significant way to the conversation or giving advice content yep. marketing that kind of thing mm-hmm. and uh, in a in a personal interaction a very very cheap and easy way to add value is by being a good listener yeah because people find people find in a lot of inherent value in just being listened to and being asked more questions yeah and i think yeah so you know that uh that's definitely been something that sort of has helped me and then especially too as i've started uh, what a, a business of my own, and suddenly realized that my theater degree didn't give me any education. <laughs> I have to, I've been, you know, like, uh, my new thing has been like, oh, I'm, but I'm at corporate gigs, like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm with it, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in the corporate world all the time. Right. I'm in, you know, as like a, as an invited guest and a, and a comedy DJ, but like I'm, I'm there nonetheless. There's a lot of extra listening that I can do here and there's a lot of like value I can I can get aside from just you know the value of performing comedy for a living right yeah I love that I think that's another awesome life hack thank you for that that's I yeah we always I always say marketing does it does it entertain or does it educate and if it does both you're winning you know um yeah you know so that's super cool well awesome you're amazing it's so nice to talk to you and um, I love what you do. It's super cool, and I'm so glad we we, we had we had Mike and <laughs> Mary Jane to connect us. And you should check out their podcast, Weed and Grub. Super awesome. Um, and people can, I mean, go to Second City and see shows and see all. Just look up. Is it it's SecondCity.com? Right, not the. It's just SecondCity.com. Right. Yeah, just SecondCity.com. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, new, new website coming out early this year too, I think. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. Early, yeah. Early 2019, I joined the revamp of the website, which will be, uh, 
which will be cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen it. It might, it might be, it might be trash. No. I bet it's good. <laughs> oh, come on, it's gonna be awesome and cool. Well, and in the show notes, we'll put um, all the ways that people could get a hold of you and follow what you're doing and everything. And I just well, thank you for being on. It's so nice to hear your voice and talk to you. So thank you for that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, folks. Well, this was another episode of Mavens Do It Better with Jesse Cates, and you'll get to hear his fabulous music here in a moment to uh, take us out. So have a great day, and thanks, everybody. The original music on this podcast was created by Jesse Cates.